it was like mostly looking at like his themes from what I understand. It was about destiny, soul, courage, and hope. I don't get it. Welcome to I Don't Get It, uh, a podcast about contemporary dance in Edmonton. I'm Paul. And I'm Fonda. Um, and we saw some contemporary dance in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. Um, we saw we saw two, well, I, I saw two shows. Yes, I saw, <laughs> I saw a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I spent a weekend adjudicating high school theater in a different city, yeah. um, which was a different thing to do, yeah. um, which I did get for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. But yeah, uh, so I saw... Uh, a Shumka production, mm-hmm. uh, which I've never seen before. I've never seen Ukrainian dance um, of of Kobzar, and, and it was paired with the work as well. And then what did you see, Fonda? I saw a show called Love Fail, which was um, a, a collaborative production between New Music Edmonton, Procoro, uh, and the Good Women Dance Collective. Great, great. Yeah. So, well, how about, um, should we, which one should we talk about first? Let's start, let's go chronologically. Okay. We saw, we saw Shumka. So, um, yes, um, and it was your first time seeing Ukrainian dance, which I find, like, amazing. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I didn't, uh, I didn't grow up here. My family isn't uh, Ukrainian, so the, mm-hmm. the sort of, like, cultural um, uh, scene it when you're younger was not, was not part of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go any further, Fonda, yes. do you have anything to declare about I have, I Shumka? I have uh, full, full disclosure, full disclosure. I I, for the past year and a half, I have sat on the board of directors of Shumka. Um, I also have a bias because I grew up doing Ukrainian dance. Ah, the double bias. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so so right. overall, but I'm not. I'm also not scared to talk about it. Frankly. Great. Um, <laughs> amazing. Well, just to put that out we'll, in we'll the world. We'll put that out there, yes, because in all, in all fairness, we, we should. Yes. Um, so Kubzar. Kubzar was the first um, very new production that Shumka has done in a number of years. Right, it was created for this this world premiere, and uh, and sort of uh, focused on on the life of a of a Ukrainian poet, um, mm-hmm. an important sort of cultural figure in in Ukraine, uh, who whose birthday was like two hundred and some years ago, I think. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, a couple yes. centuries ago, and sort of his life was filled with strife and and you know uh, battles for battles for freedom um, and and exile and things like that. But this was sort of like. Um, an allegorical sort of fantastical take mm-hmm. on on his life, or more more we're, less his life, more his ideas. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Taras Shevchenko, right. just to be clear. Shevchenko, right. and also um, came to be known as essentially like the national the national poet of Ukraine, mm-hmm. the national voice of the country. Um, Yes, and has been and has been hailed as such for um, many years. Great, mm-hmm. almost probably well, probably not two hundred, but um, that's <laughs> when he was around. Um, yeah, so so it was a uh, it was. Um, where do you start with Ukrainian dance? Yeah, so um, I mean, uh, traditionally Ukrainian dance is. Um, uh, it's it's folkloric dance, so I mean, there's you have your storytelling dances that are kind of very pantomime mm-hmm. and and uh, gestural, and but then. Um, you also have a lot of different styles of dance that are based on different regions from the country. Um, so, you know, you have your uh, Hutzel region, which is um, mountainous and the costumes are very simple, um, but the and the movement is uh, very um, 
I don't know, I want to say grounded. Sure. Um, so there's like, like the mountain. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's you know, there's shuffling and there's head, head wobbling and um, lots of circular um, shapes and formations in the group dances. Um, like and then, yeah. yeah, and then you have, you know, like uh, Transcarpathian, which are very um, based in like kind of fast footwork and very bouncy and, um, you know, and all of the costumes as well kind of change with the region. So, um, you know, traditionally you would, if you were to watch an, an older Shumka show, like which was actually kind of like the last half, mm-hmm. um, they did an older production called The Traveling Chumakea, which we can talk well, about yeah, afterward. Totally. Um, but yes, uh, the, traditionally when you watch Ukrainian dance, you're seeing um, a feast of different regions and styles um, and and yeah, lots of lots of guys, lots of guys doing tricks. Cool. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, would you consider uh, Kabzar uh, a fairly traditional uh, Ukrainian dance or not? So, Kabzar, I think, was more of um, like a story ballet. Um, you see, you know, like the National Ballet of Ukraine doing more of these kind of like big storytelling um, things. Mm-hmm. There, there was, yes, there was kind of um, traditional dance in it mm-hmm. um very ukrainian um like the the groups the couple work um that kind of stuff that 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 ends up you see that a lot in traditional uh, ukrainian dance mm-hmm. but the storytelling and actually the costumes um were much more um modern or contemporary than than you would normally see i guess okay and mm-hmm. so so the i mean the plot as as such as it was was sort of followed this orphan figure and um and this poet figure i guess this orphan who had sort of been uh wandering around and 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 sort of the there was these forces of darkness which were played by you know these figures just dressed in all black mm-hmm. um that were sort of interfering with everything they they came across and this orphan is sort of saved by this poet figure and and then we sort of see the arc of this orphan going from I guess innocence to experience and dealing with these sort of darknesses as they as they uh, ebb and flow and mm-hmm. and sort of um, sort of in the end sort of taking on being gifted the the instrument of the the uh, poet and sort of you know the implication is that this will be the next generation of this <laughs> this poet figure yeah so there's there's an older there's an older male figure mm-hmm. who's dancing um, you know with a with a Bandura, a musical instrument, and mm-hmm. he's um uh he's he's the Kobzar. So yes. Kobzar also means like storyteller. Ah, great. Um, so he's and he's passing on this legacy mm-hmm. of his to to the to the young boy. So I I guess I just want to ask um because you've never seen Ukrainian dance yes. before. Well, what did you think of of the movement of the movement styles? Um, I guess um in the first in the earlier parts, uh, it seemed I guess I got a sense of it felt like it fell somewhere between tradition like there were these moments as you said there would be groups like there were you know these moments where you know five or six male dancers would join hands and sort of get into a circle and all do sort of a sweet kick flip together <laughs> um, and where their, their heads would dip and their legs would go up at the same time these really sort of uh, incredible group works um, that were done and then there were moments especially in the storytelling that didn't feel um uh, classical or pantomime they sort of felt um, like they were reaching for something more contemporary in their storytelling. They were still conveying a narrative mm-hmm. um, and an allegorical narrative of these ideas, um, but it felt like um, that felt like a new part and then sort of peppered throughout were these uh, these moments of dance that would maybe like showcase an idea or mm-hmm. or help tell the story and or 
offer those sort of traditional moments. Um, but the tradition sort of felt more weighted in the second piece. I felt like uh, the, this was sort of the new risky work, and they paired it with something that was um, that was very like um, classic, just in case people didn't like it. Just like a definite crowd pleaser. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that was it. And and in that felt very uh, much um, like a like what I would. I have guessed uh, a, a classical uh, Shumka dance would be. It had sort of a very pantomime story. The story itself um, was sort of like a farm wandering story with um, mm. with like roving bandits uh, <laughs> who seemed like dressed like Jack Sparrow, um, that sort of piratey yeah. bandit. And then in the end, there's sort of like a big old 20 minute party breakdown where everyone's doing their their tricks. The hopak, yes, yeah. of course they have That's to close with the hopak, yeah. Okay. So, um, and I don't know if the hopak itself is actually part of the original like Chumake production, mm -hmm. but so the the second half of the show, uh, Kobzar, was um, an older Shumka piece called the Traveling Chumake, and it's about um, basically uh, traveling, um, traveling sort of trades or salesmen. Yeah, it seems like mm -hmm. they uh, they make the stops at all these different places, mm -hmm. which showcase different elements, sort of different cultural uh, yeah, styles. Yeah, so they. Of they got to travel through these different regions. You got to mm -hmm. see some Transcarpathian dance. You got to see, uh, yeah, like um, uh, some Poltav, very like. And so, well, the Hopak itself is very um, Poltava style, uh, and it is basically the big old show off party dance. Yeah. Um, and that's what it felt like. It was like they saved all the bangers for the end. Yeah. Like that was where everyone busts <laughs> out the best party tricks, which mm -hmm. were. These incredible leaps and and incredible group work and and tons of stuff that was very impressive. The the classic sort of like super low squat while kicking out your legs. Yeah. Some s interesting spins on like just like a foot people spinning themselves incredibly fast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was like that had, had like the big party vibe. It's sort of like anytime you see a, a ten second clip it of Ukrainian dance in like a tourism video, that's what they're showing. Yeah. Yeah. These, it's these it's shum it's shum <laughs> Yeah, and so I guess for me, in terms of those both of those pieces, uh, Kabzar and that one, um, I think I I found the storytelling in in Kabzar more uh, effective for for me. Um, it felt, even though it was obviously set in the past, it felt like more contemporary in how it was being told. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, like the storytelling in in the latter half uh, in the second piece, felt like it was very pantomime. -y. It was very um, obvious and long winded. Um, mm -hmm. And and I get that, um, but I think that <laughs> I was more intrigued and, and interested in in the Kobzar storytelling. But mm -hmm. that sort of big old party at the end was like, oh, this is Ukrainian dance in the second piece. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is like the cultural like prowess of Shumka and these like these incredible dance moves and mm -hmm. and um, jumps and and group work. Yeah. And and those were sort of uh, in the first piece as well. They were in Kobzar, mm -hmm. but that was sort of that like twenty minute breakdown at the end was yeah. like ah. Um, this is it. So I guess I have two questions. In so Kobzar, uh, mm -hmm. what did you think of the the whole uh, Mother Ukraine character? Okay, yeah, that was maybe I think the second piece. So mm -hmm. so our, our orphan is saved and then sort of brought to this this safe place. Um, mm -hmm. um, it was okay. Yeah, it was interesting the gender dynamics of of the Shumka dance as as was seen. Sort of as you alluded to earlier, mm -hmm. um, the men do these incredible tricks. And, and often the women are more, it seems like it's more about looking beautiful and sort of like um, spins and, mm -hmm. and not nearly as, uh, I, I'm sure it's very technical. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that right now, but not nearly as like 
showboat impressive. They're more as scenery. They're, you, yeah, yeah. That's sort I, of the vibe. I, I hate to say it, but yeah, as a as a as a female doing Ukrainian dance, mm-hmm. sometimes you do just feel like scenery. Okay. And so <laughs> I felt like maybe so in that part, like I felt like that's what that sort of felt like. That was sort of a lull maybe in in Kabzar. Was sort of like we. Um, we're sort of left. It's it's suddenly green. The costumes are very beautiful. The movement is very fluid, um, but there wasn't um, that same sort of spectacle going on as there were in other parts. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it felt like in the second piece, um, women got their due a little more. There were sort of these more impressive pieces that would happen um, in in the breakdown or sort of in the styles of dance that would play through in the very pantomime story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I felt like I guess so. The mother nature character. Um, felt like felt sort of like scenery. It was sort of like, oh, this is a, a nice ideal. And then we sort of sat in it for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the so the mother Mother Earth I or Mother Ukraine character mm-hmm. is played by uh, Larissa Salema. And like beautiful dancer, mm-hmm. like really, really nice expressive movement. But at the same time, there's just sort of like, oh, finally, you know, you get to kind of like focus on on a female aspect of the of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but particularly even in the Hopak, the Hopaks are very male dominated because all of the major tricks get to be done by um, the the male dancers um, and girls get to girls get to spin and look pretty. And why why is that, Fonda? <laughs> just just uh, you know, uh, well, classic gender binary from from decades past. I don't know. I mean, like it's. Sure. It, I mean, they're they're wearing all these billowy pants and they and so it makes every Bill- all of their jumps yeah. and everything look very impressive. The men, the men yeah, yeah, the men, the men are. Um, and you know, g- frankly, girls are in skirts and they can't. You know, like sure, kick, yes, kick their, they can only kick their legs so high. Right. Yes. <laughs> Um, great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, it, I guess as someone who is, hasn't seen Ukrainian dance before, um, the, how how did you feel just in general about the show? Did you did you enjoy it? I did. You did. Get it? I, I feel like I got it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, again the the storytelling in Kabzar felt um, felt more contemporary. Felt mm-hmm. like it was, and it felt like it was trying to bridge that gap to people like me um, who maybe <laughs> hadn't seen a show before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, the, it felt like it was very high production. Um, uh, and so in that sense, and it's sort of had these, these moments of sort of introducing these ideas and these movements of dance, um, that were cool and great. Mm-hmm. And they felt sort of like fully realized in the, in the end of the second piece, uh, was when it was obviously about showing those, those moments in that bit. Um, and, and these big moves and in, in tandem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the, this, I guess, so yeah, I feel like Kabzar captured the storytelling part of it for me very well. Um, and the, the dance part was sort of in, in the, the second piece, maybe, uh, more, uh, affecting for me, but it was sort of paired with pantomime, which, uh, pantomime storytelling, which I was not as interested in as the storytelling mm-hmm. as Cobbs are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of when, like when we go and see Alberta Ballet and they have one of their, you know, more family friendly kind of pantomime mm-hmm. Like things. the Three Musketeers where it's yeah. like, oh, the dance is wonderful and the costuming's great, but the pantomime is so pantomime. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is very obviously gestured to, yeah. um. So I like how yeah. we've turned pantomime into, you know, a, a descriptor. An Let adjective. it be verb yeah. and noun. Let it live as both. It's very pantomime. It's very pantomime. Um, yeah, but uh, but uh, intriguing, I guess. Ultimately, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, there's some like really impressive dance um, mm-hmm. within this this uh, hub of cultural dance, and it's interesting the different ways they frame and present those dance moves and mm-hmm. uh, those dance ideas and concepts in their narratives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the, the, the last time that we saw um, folklore 
folkloric or, or cultural dance was when we saw um, there was an old Brian Webb production where they worked with um, Southeast Asian dancers. Yeah, spins. Yeah, spins. yeah. So I mean, I I don't know. I guess um, when we watch a lot of contemporary dance and we watch mm-hmm. a lot of classical ballet too, frankly, even though it's a contemporary dance podcast. Right. Um. So um, I guess do you have any impressions about cultural dance um, or folkloric dance? They love bright colors yeah. in their costuming. costuming. The costuming is uh is big. Um, it's hard to compare those two. Obviously, they're very different kinds of dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can, uh, you can see why they've sort of endured and lasted. They're sort of these incredible feats physically, um, uh, framed in different ways. But but the dance itself is uh, incredibly uh, powerful and strong and impressive to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can see in in both of those those uh, realms, even though they're very different kinds of dance. Um, how they could get a party going, um, and that's that's half the battle of cultural relevancy. Is can you get the party going when is, it comes down is to it? What are people doing at the weddings right. when yes. you know these big parties happen and they all get together and, and, and dance? And it looks like it's like yeah, you can hold down, you can hold down the party, so the culture will survive. Yeah, and like, I mean, I, I one of the things I love about uh, you know watching different cultural dances and folkloric dances is the costumes. I mm-hmm. think cost- I love seeing different costuming and very different styles of movement you know mm-hmm. when you see uh di- yeah different parts of the world embodied in movement i just like i think right. that it's fascinating and i think as well because we see a lot of contemporary dance as you said i'm um, often in contemporary dance costuming is pared down or solitary mm-hmm. it's in these sort of big cultural uh dance groups that you get to see like a lot of people bedazzled or <laughs> bedazzled. or in a very bright <laughs> colors together mm-hmm. um and it's that sort of like level of pageantry i guess pageantry that doesn't um maybe uh is rare to see in in other forms where either budget or or the they're going for something different um uh, it prevents that that same level of of coming through yeah yeah well good 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 observation well, there, you go. there you go there you go okay so um i guess well that's that's kabzar and shumka mm-hmm. um and uh yeah well now let's talk about love fail yes love so fail. so this was a uh, uh, the good women meets uh meets prokoro and uh and new music edmonton mm-hmm. so there were there were four female um vocalists and four dancers mm-hmm. in this piece um and i it was it was set in studio 96 which is a converted uh church sure um cool. and so i mean sound the show itself sounded amazing the venue the venue itself was kind of a character in it not only because of the way that um you know the uh uh the way that the room was shaped made the sound reverb very well. Mm-hmm. Like the the choral singers sounded fantastic, right. but also the way that the light came through the windows. Ooh. You um, and just as because you were watching the show essentially as the sun is setting, mm-hmm. um, dur- at the beginning of the show you don't really notice this theatrical light um, much at all. But by the end, it plays much more of a role because the re- the room has gotten darker right, um, right. throughout the course of the piece. So it was um, it's a uh, love fail. The actual musical piece is um, a modern a modernization of Tristan and Isolde, the tale mm-hmm. of Tristan and Isolde by David Lang. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a contemporary choral piece. Right. And um, uh, so the singers from Pro Choro Canada were singing that. There were four women. Um, and then, of course, all female dancers as well. Uh, so the the piece itself travels through the story of Tristan and Isolde, um, all choreographed by Alita Nyquist-Schultz of mm-hmm. The Good Women. And um, it was uh it was 
really interesting to see um, these these live singers. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm Latvian or La- Latvian and Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but I have I have a real soft spot for choral music, and um, it was very interesting to have these choral uh, the, this massive choral piece um, being sung live, and the dancers to sort of animate it as a movement chorus. Sure. So so what were we what were we seeing? What was actually being seen? So we had uh, the singers on stage, and what were what was the movement like? How would you describe uh, what the audience was watching? So a lot of the movement existed in kind of um, uh, tableaus or cycles of tableaus. Um, they would uh, I'd say I think that there were nine movements in the entire uh, in nine movements in the work that yeah. the chorus was singing. So um, each of these movements has sort of a different quality or a different little story that they were telling, and they sure. were singing in English as well. Right. So you kind of got all of the um, the story about you know like a relationship that was failing and then and and not or you know a woman mm-hmm. who's trying to uh, trying to be there for her partner right. and Tristan uh, just talk to her yeah, explain just... your feelings man <laughs> get into it yeah so um, they were uh, there there was some yeah there were uh, they would break up the phrasing of the songs in these sort of like different um, movement cycles mm-hmm. and um, one of them that I thought was really interesting was. Um, there was uh, one dancer um, playing playing the woman, and then the other three dancers uh, took up, a, picked up a big trench coat and a hat, and started playing a man. Cool. Um, so one of them, you know, put their arms through the uh, sleeves of the jacket, and then one of them held the hat. And so there's, the, it looks like there's this really big man in the room, kind of like kids trying to sneak into an R-rated movie. Like yeah, a yeah. Trench coat, like. <laughs> Yeah, and mm-hmm. and and it it was kind of a sad scene because it was essentially how she sort of like couldn't be there for him enough. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know how I felt about that dynamic in particular, but it looked great. Okay, great. <laughs> and so so what um what do you think? Uh, uh, how did these two elements affect each other? What was it like to see dance paired with with live choral singing, and and what did that do for the the singing as well to have this visual component? Um, by themselves, I don't know that I would have really enjoyed either as much. Okay. Like if it was just the singers or just the dancers, I I'm not sure that they would have um that it would have been as interesting or mm-hmm. that I would have got it necessarily. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean even if you had had say canned music like if the singers were right. um canned I don't, I don't I don't yeah, yeah the the dance wouldn't have been as um as as affecting as it okay. was um so having them all in the room together actually it, it 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 felt it felt really nice um and and in all honesty like i having uh actually well we saw another choral piece a while back that was all men right right <laughs> um, yeah and parkour yeah and men male dancers and parkour and i i well i got to say i could be biased but i like this one a lot more i felt okay. like the dance was um um it was meaningful. Um, they were the story that they were telling just came across in a in a very visceral way, and maybe it's because of the in- intimacy of the space. You know, Studio Ninety Six is not a very big room, mm-hmm. so you got to be very close to these singers and the dancers. Right. Um, and it, you know, frankly, not a super great space to watch dance because you're. Um, you're you're on the exact same level uh, as the right, dancers, so and so are, sight lines are not great. You can't really see floor work if there's someone tall sitting in front of you. <laughs> ah. um, 
but uh, but at the same time, like the the actual choral singing sounded so wonderful mm-hmm. in the space. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's sort of that physical aspect of of singing live as well. It's not mm-hmm. just the sounds you're hearing, but just sort of seeing uh, what people can convey and and physically produce the sounds they can produce with their bodies can be uh, very. Uh, um, uh, watchable in its own right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one other part, it was closer to the end of the piece, where um, the all of the dancers were coming together in a group and they would they would sort of like come together, cling to each other, and then they would break apart and fall down. Mm-hmm. And they would come together again, cling to each other, and then break apart and fall down. And I just, that was one of the images that really stuck with me. I thought that, that the choreography in that part was um, really interesting. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, and that's sort of, that was Love Fail. It was a, a, a really interesting, I mean, when I saw the, the collaboration between Procoro and the Good Women, I thought, wow, that kind of sounds, um, you know, new and strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think that it was, um, it was an interesting collaboration. I'd like to see more sort of like um, break outside the break outside the norm stuff like that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, it's, a, it's interesting to see um, an increasing amount of collaboration. Um, and maybe that's just uh, Edmonton and how Edmonton is going mm-hmm. um, and sort of the way our, our various arts communities are talking to each other. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting when this sort of thing happens. Well, yeah, because so um, often we see like contemporary choreography being either too very contemporary um, or electronic music mm-hmm. um, or, or, or not music at all, right? It's right. just like just sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this was, um, yeah, this was kind of interesting in that way that it was just like a very, very nice musical score. The music itself was the music itself was something to hear and to see um and yeah i thought i thought it was great i mean the last time i saw procoro do something with a dance group i think was when uh alberta ballet did carmina burana a few years ago and that was intense and wonderful and i didn't see it yeah that was before my dance going time that was that was a long i think that was a long long time ago i don't even think andrew saw that he's shaking his head no that was so so long ago but yeah yeah bring it on bring it on the coral the coral contemporary dance uh, hybrids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. So, so what's next, Fonda? There's, there's one more thing, uh, dance thing happening right now uh, with Mile Zero Dance. Oh yes, um, yes. Uh, Mile Zero Dance is doing a, um, a show about hoarding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, archival BAM. Yeah. Which stands for Beans, Beans and, and Matter. matter. Um, which is happening at their their new home of the Spazio Performativo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's running uh, this weekend, which means by the time you hear this, uh, this first weekend will be done, but it's also running next weekend That's as well. That's true, yes, um, yes. So there's an, another weekend of uh, a chance to see that. Yeah, go down to Spazio Performativo in Little Italy, and there's a, there's a wonderful little dance spot right outside the um, right outside the studio on the sidewalk. You don't even have to walk in, but there's um, a little box tied to a, a tree. Okay. And... Uh, uh, you can push a button and record a video of yourself dancing, and they will be um, they'll be archiving all of these videos and using doing something with them. Tim Folkman, I believe, is the one who's going to be um, compiling them and, and making it into a an, into some kind of piece. Cool, just like on, <laughs> on much music used to do on their mm-hmm. like uh, corner video thing, where it would like be you could record yourself doing whatever. The bare naked ladies made a career out of it. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can record yourself do it's kind of like speaker's corner but it's like dance yeah, it's speaker's it's, corner. It's dancer's corner. Ah. And so you can yeah, I I really encourage you. It's on 95th Street and 106th Ave. 106 107 around that zone. Mm-hmm, so. Yeah, and you can just go and record yourself uh dancing. Jerry Morita was telling me last week when I interviewed 
her about the uh, about the archival BAM piece. Um, she said that sometimes people will walk by, like you know, six or seven times, uh, planning their dance, <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll finally push the button it's and like, record right, it. And I'm, I'll come yeah. like this, and then I'll spin here. And, yeah. All right, yes, great. Yeah, so um, I would, yeah, I I would encourage you to go and everyone listening, go and um, just uh, record record your own little dance and be part of the the piece, whatever they're right. creating. You can be part of your own collaboration with yeah. the dance company. <laughs> with Mile Zero. <laughs> Great. I think that's all we have to say. I think that is. Yeah, we're, we're in our pretty lives. good. Yeah. Thanks, um, thanks to everyone for listening. Yeah. Go, yeah. go see some dance. Yes. And do some. <laughs> Bye. I Don't Get It is a podcast produced by Poglino, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded in a blanket fort in the Tall House on Alberta Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. Our website is idontgetitdance.com. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Follow his music and check him out at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Sit here,